I've been waiting a long time for this. All talk, no shock. City of Seattle, it's the Mike Cyber Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff and things. Also, sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is. They call him Mr. Fahrenheit, Mike Seibert. Thank you, and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline, 231-224-MIKE. Again, that's 231-224-6453. And right into the mailbag, Radio at gmail.com. And this week, Kyle Stevens, a.k.a. Nerd Rock Pioneer Kirby Crackle, He returns, and we're talking about the special event you won't want to miss happening Thursday, January the 30th. It's Kirby Crackle and the Nerd Rock Orchestra with Lofts at the Triple Door in downtown Seattle. You'll hear him explain in his own words why this, more than any other Kirby Crackle show possibly in the history of ever, um, is going to be such a special night and a truly can't miss event it's going to be a big night out uh, with dinner drinks dessert and all that in the tradition of a big night out on the town in downtown seattle plus later in the episode kyle is going to reveal the lineup for crackle fest 10 right here exclusively for us and some other really cool reveals about that show as well uh, which basically serves as the climax of this kind of year long celebration of 10 years of nerd rock as well that will be happening Friday March 13th uh, don't miss Crackle Fest X um <laughs> Crackle Vest X. That is going to be at Hard Rock Seattle during Emerald City Comic Con weekend. Uh, coming up next, it is Kyle Stevens, but first, here is Kirby Crackle's heartfelt ode to Avengers Endgame. I love you 3000, and you're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. Looking up and looking down, finding heroes all around, even though now some of us are gone. Now to realize all the answers to the whys And what I thought I wanted all along When they are left and you appear An unexpected souvenir The very best that I could hope to have I love you 3000 I love you the most I'll always be with you you go and if you should stumble I want you to know at this heart of iron will always hold you close oh I love you three thousand never thought when this began Part of the journey is the end But here we are, whatever it takes 
Oh, if I could do it all again It's you I would keep the rest It would bend of everything I made The most wonderful is you Oh, I love you to thousand I love you the most I'll always be with you Wherever you go And if you should stumble I want you to know At this heart of iron will always hold you close Oh, I love you a thousand And if I should, I should go away And you should know My favorite part was you Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and our guest this week hardly needs an introduction, but even after all this time... You know what? He still gets one. Uh, my man Kyle Stevens is the pioneer of nerd rock from right here in the Pacific Northwest. He's been touring internationally under the name Kirby Crackle since 2009, playing heartfelt songs about comic books, video games, and geek culture, putting on high energy and empowering live shows. He's played Comic-Con. He's played D23. He's open for Weird Al. And today he joins me for one of our, uh, I, this is kind of like a yearly tradition at this point, but he. Uh, uh, joins me again to talk about um, a couple shows coming up that kind of represent the uh, uh, the culmination of kind of this year-long celebration of 10 years of nerd rock. Kyle Stevens, welcome back to Mike Cyber Radio. Mr. Mike, always great to talk to you, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I am so glad that Snowpocalypse, Snowmageddon is behind us. Um, I, I chatted that up uh, quite a bit uh, during last week's episode. In fact, uh, we, we recorded on a Monday night, and the snow was starting to come down in downtown Seattle while we were recording. And I was like, hey, I, I hate to cut the conversation short, but uh, um, I, I don't want to slip on the roadways. And I live on a hill, you know, like 
like everyone else in the Pacific Northwest. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. Just kind of glad to see the the gray and the and the usual dreary uh, wet rain uh, late January Pacific Northwest vibe uh, <laughs> returning to us now. Um, uh, how about yourself? Uh, uh, what you up to? You know, it was, I would say it's almost like what they experienced in Alberta, where it was up to second story windows, but also not. Uh, explain. How do, how do you mean? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just saying I'm making fun of, of uh, local Seattleites, like uh, oh. freak out over a little bit of, a l- little bit of snow. Uh, it was not uh, 10 feet of snow like they encountered in Alberta. But we act like it is. Oh, okay. It, uh, all of a sudden, it's, it's Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yes. All of a sudden. And, oh, my and, God. Uh, it's every, I, I almost had to eat my daughter. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Exactly. Well, you know, it is so funny. And and I wonder if this is something that's unique to the Pacific Northwest, because like, you know, our, our climate is very temperate. You know, we, we get real seasons. It's warm in the summer. It's cold in the winter. But it's never really extreme one direction or the other. Um, but yeah, it, it's so funny. You know, now that I've made more and more friends around the country and even around the world, uh some like like I got friends in Minnesota, for example. I got I got folks in, um, you know, uh, Michigan, all over the place, and those folks have to deal with like actual weather, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, yes, yes. And and yeah, we we get a dusting of snow. There's there's vague snow in the in the forecast, and then like all infrastructure shuts down. Schools are closed, banks are closed, and it just uh, it, it really is kind of like uh, uh, the Walking Dead out there. You just you know, it's just like one man on a horse, and <laughs> it's just I don't know. Dude, well, last February when it was all you know, last February when it was it was like the two weeks of snow or a week and a half of just. Uh, of just shut down everywhere. I saw like a pack of snow of people on snowmobile, and they're running on the street. And one of them had like a pirate flag on the back, and one of them had like an anarchy flag. I'm like, are we there already? What's happening? Oh my here? gosh! <laughs> they were. Probably- I, was, I was like, did anyone else just see that? <laughs> it's like the purge after six inches, kind of. <laughs> And they're probably all like trying to like you know consolidate fuel and gather gas and it's it's going to be a Mad Max in the snow before uh, we know it. But jokes on us because it'll be yeah. like you know three inches and then like the following day snow melts and it's like oh so I guess we're just kind of back to normal society. Oh uh, my bad, sorry. <laughs> I know it's like that happens and I you know we like three inches and I tell my wife I got to find some like guy with guns to take care of you. She's like, what about us? I'm like, well, you got to figure that out. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's like I, I read too many comic books. I see too many movies, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So you know the deal, absolutely. And uh, so yeah, so we're we're off to a great start in one of our uh, great tangents. That's one of one of my favorite things about talking to you, man. Uh, but uh, it has been, it has been a year since you and I have hung out on a podcast. I think it was maybe around the end of uh, Crackle Fest Nine. I don't think we've. Uh, I mean, we've done a little bit of light co- correspondence, but I think this is the first time we've actually had the opportunity to hang out 
out in this new year. So um, I, I guess the first thing I want to ask before uh, you know we talk about uh, the the meat of what we want to get into because you've got a couple uh, great shows coming up in the next couple months. Obviously, we're going to tease out the Hard Rock show a little bit. Uh, spend yeah. a whole lot of time talking about uh, this awesome show at the Triple Door coming up on the thirtieth. Uh, that's going to be a blast. Um, but I, I thought we would start with kind of you know this is kind of like the the tail end of the celebration of uh, ten years of Nerd Rock. Uh, what's what's kind of like the uh, the year in the life of uh, Kirby Crackle Ben? You know, man, it's been a little bit of restructuring with the live band, which is kind of always a constant in my line of work, but it's been really good. Uh, for the past six months, we've had a real solid lineup and, and getting everyone kind of up to date with the catalog. As you know, there's like a big catalog now. Uh, we talked for so many years. I, lo- I love our yearly meetup because it's kind of like a state of the union. It kind of gets me thinking about that more, you know, when we talk it, about it. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think I even pitched it to you as kind of like the state of the nerd rock union. Oh, yeah, like, oh, I better figure that out. Okay, here we go. No. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we did some, you know, put out some new singles and tried some new sounds, and I, I really like what we did with um, I Love You 3000, which is an Avengers in-game themed single, uh, and then also Snake in the Garden, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a state-of-the-world themed single at the moment. I kind of wanted to do something. I, I always think of my music, well, it's a new thing. I think of my music in two categories. Like, there's heroes, and then there's hearts. Mm. And I feel like the the best of what ends up, or what I feel like connects with people the best with Kirby Crackle music is where those two things are blended. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think like the the Snake in the Garden single is kind of more on the hearts and the th- things. But I love you three thousand kind of uh, touched people in a unique way for my music that in terms of the responses I got back from that. So I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a, 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 a ten years of Nerd Rock West Coast tour in the summer, and that was kind of like a, a it ended up kind of being like a nerd rock vision quest for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I had never really driven. Well, let me say this. I'd never driven somewhere that was more than four hours away mm-hmm. in my life. I just either take a plane or go to Portland. Right. But mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was funny when I was playing this tour, I never really thought of like, well, I've never driven for 10 hours straight somewhere as like, you know, a 40 year old person. That's weird. <laughs> uh, so, so it was a lot of driving and a lot of fun and a lot of like checking out different fans in different cities and different markets and, and, and just being up for the adventure that it was. And, and it was an adventure, man. It was good times. That's awesome, because yeah, I mean, obviously you've been uh, touring internationally, you know, since uh, since the band started, you know, uh, way back in '09. But yeah, if I if I remember correctly, this was the first time you actually like loaded up a van and actually like you know did like a a lengthy leggy tour like that, right? Yeah, well, I did it in 2000. Um, well, I did it before Kirby Crackle and my high school band Lame's Terms, and then I did it in 2013 with a Sounds Like You summer tour. Um, Adam Warrock and I did it before then, but this was the first time I'd just been out by myself. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of, I think what I mean. Like I've never really gone on like a big, like U S tour solo. Yeah. So, uh, it was just kind of like, you know, adrenaline and go for mm-hmm. two weeks. So you mentioned it, uh, in the context of a vision quest, uh, what, uh, what kind of takeaways did you have from, from that experience? Well, I think I, I, grew as a performer a little bit and I, I had a feeling that might happen because um, you know the, when you start to play guitar you start to sing you see results every day right and then mm-hmm. you do it long enough and you see a result maybe every week then you see it every month and then it's every year and I feel like I'm kind of in the place now after been doing this since I was like 13 years old where 
you don't get like a, you know, an RPG level up to the next level of armor right away anymore. It takes a long time, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I reached like this new level of being comfortable performing in, um, unconventional environments like a comic shop where people are right there. There's something about not being on a stage when I perform. It's always kind of made me a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, you know, you're sta- you're standing and someone's staring you right in the face and you're the loudest one in the room. Yeah. Know? I know there's, there's something about a stage that at least like psychologically, psychologically, excuse me, for me, takes me into a place where I can do whatever. But always being on the ground has kind of weirded me out. So this was like a, a performance situation where I was in comic shops all up and down the West Coast. And it was just me and then people like four feet in front of me. Mm-hmm. So, so it was like super raw and intimate. But then I started to figure out how to do that and, and what my version of, of making that successful in the way that I wanted it to be was for me. So it was a big learning experience. And, you know, just listening to a lot of different podcasts and, and seeing the country from a new way uh, by myself and in the summertime. Every time I'd always toured was in like the winter usually before. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I was in L.A. There was the earthquake in L.A. while I was there. Oh, wow. And that was kind of interesting. I actually had just packed my car, and I was in this motel, and I was sitting on the bed, and I think I was, like, texting my wife, and all of a sudden the bed started bouncing up and down right as the A.C. unit turned on. Oh. And I remember thinking, like, wow, I don't remember that A.C. being this strong. <laughs> and I saw the door shaking, right? So I went middle school style and, like, looked for the doorway. So I got out, went in the doorway, and I walked outside after the earthquake, and everyone in the three stories of this motel was just out on the terrace looking at each other, but no one was saying anything. Wow. And uh, then I said, peace, L.A., I'm out, and I drove away. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's been real. It's been fun. Peace. Oh, my God. It's been shaky. I got to go. That's uh, that's interesting, having one of those uh, communal experiences. And it's, it's maybe apples and oranges, but it's not... Unlike, you know, uh, uh, going to a show and experiencing a performance, you know, it's like when, when I go to a rock show or a Kirby Crackle show or something like that, you know, there, there's there is kind of like that communal experience uh, with uh, with uh, sometimes uh, complete strangers. And, you know, sometimes yeah. you you have open conversations. Other time it's just like a look. I mean, th- there's a few times where it's like, you know, when like everybody's favorite favorite banger comes up, you know, and everybody just kind of looks and you just kind of bop in your head, you kind of do a nod and you're kind of having like that, that, uh, that shared moment. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, it, one of those things where it's like a natural disaster type thing that that's a, uh, that's just wild. But isn't it interesting that like, all, you know, during middle school, we all kind of, uh, fussed about, you know, having to do the earthquake drills and the fire drills. And sure enough, when the time came, my man was ready. <laughs> so uh, good on you. That's I knew awesome. what to do. Mama knew what to do. You know what I mean? I guess. And, I, and then it, it gave me a story. To, like, all these things kept happening that I could have, like, a story to tell at, at the next show, right? That just yeah. kind of built on itself. So I told this story at every date because the, the funniest part was is this guy had, was arriving, staying in the room next to me right as I was leaving. Mm-hmm. And he's like this big dude, kind of looked scary. He had like Oakley's on and just kind of scowly. And he kept looking at me, load my gear in, right? And probably he was just like, what is this dude doing? This looks fun. So I didn't really know what that was because I couldn't see his eyes or really figure out yeah. the vibe. So I just kind of would like take my stuff in, lock my door, take my stuff in, lock my door, <laughs> back and forth to my room in the car. And, and then when the earthquake happened, we walked out. And he looked at me, and he had his sunglasses on, and I said, 
that was crazy. And he lifted up his uh, sunglasses. He goes, I know, right? So it was like, whoa, this is the friendliest guy ever. Like, it was just not the response I was thinking I was going to get from this guy. That's so, so it was funny. pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And then we just like talked about the earthquake. He's like, yeah, it was crazy. I was like, yeah, it was. I also thought you were going to rob me. So we both learned. Cool. <laughs> well, you know, and it's all, uh, it's all those shared experiences. Like, uh, like we were just, yep. uh, just chatting about. So, uh, uh, speaking of, uh, shared experiences and I'm really trying, trying to bend this segue as hard as I can without, uh, without breaking just bend it. <laughs> let's, uh, bend it. let's, let's talk about the show coming up on, uh, January 30th at the triple door. It is Kirby crackle well and well the nerd rock orchestra. Uh, playing with lofts at the iconic triple door and this is a this is something that's unprecedented and especially special so i wanted to make sure that we allotted plenty of time uh to talk about it because you know as uh for for this cracklehead at least because i've been there almost since the beginning this is you know there there's a lot of shows that I, I think I posted this on on Facebook once. It's like you know I've I've been to a bunch of Kirby Crackle shows. I have missed just as many Kirby Crackle shows because of you know various reasons, life and and whatnot. But this is this is one that cannot be missed. And I I thought we would uh, kind of unpack that and kind of talk about why because you've been you've been very open and and uh, um, outright about why this is a special show. So yeah, let's uh. Let's talk about the Nerd Rock Orchestra. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you giving me time to talk about this. I, you know, we're we're in a world where there is no lack of things or events or entertainment options uh, wanting your time, and so this is a very, very special show that I've been trying to uh, let be known that it was special. I think I wrote a Facebook post where a friend said, mm-hmm. "I don't think people understand kind of that this is a really special thing." So I kind of just did a raw post about like, hey, I really want you to go you know, to this show. I think you would really be disappointed if you missed it to, to Kirby Crackle fans. Because mm-hmm. this is kind of the culmination of, of the 10 years of, work, of Nerd Rock experience. Um, and it's something that I had done with an, a band I was in a couple of years ago named Explome, that I, my good friend Patrick Porter's band. And he hired this local composer and a string section to play at his CD release show. And I had never performed in that in that way before. And we didn't practice. And basically, it's always going to be stuck in my mind because it was like hearing the songs again for the first time while I was playing. And it's all I could do to not stop playing and just listen mm-hmm. and realize, okay, I still have to be a performer here. You know, <laughs> like I, and I, but at the same time, I was trying to be a participant, enjoying the music that was happening while also not messing up my parts. So it was this really weird experience, and I, I was like, I want to do that again, uh, but also try to be a professional this time. <laughs> Good luck, <laughs> is what I'm telling myself. Because I might just like cry and just watch them the whole time. I don't know. Because right. I, I just love orchestrated presentation, and I love strings and, and French horn. And so I said, well, if we're going to play the triple door, it's got to be special. Mm-hmm. And, and this was where I landed is the moment I, I realized, well, let's recreate this again. Let's, let's do it for the first time with Kirby Crackle take what I learned for the first time in this other band and, and, and try to take it to the next level. That's been what's made me really excited for the past five months. 
That's really cool, and I got to tell you when I when I first saw the show announced, um, I I have kind of a soft spot for the this kind of like fusion of uh, orchestra and rock. You know, I, uh, um, I I don't know if you're familiar with Maestro Michael Kamen's work, uh, R.I.P. You know, he did a bunch of film score stuff, uh, Lethal Weapon, and whatnot, and he uh, mm-hmm. he did a collaboration with Metallica, uh, where they yeah, I know that yeah, yeah. the S an M album and it's it's amazing and basically it's it's a lot of kind of what you were talking about because the guys in the band were talking about you know how like th- there's a certain precision that goes into symphony and orchestra that you know as a rock band you know you're usually just kind of like throwing it out there and it's like oh wait a sec I, I gotta stay on key I gotta stay on time to you know kind of kind of keep the trains moving on time but um, yeah I, I've I loved that project in that it it gave uh, fans the opportunity to experience, re-experience uh, some of those songs in a brand new, fresh way. And a lot of those were really rad. And uh, uh, going going even further back, uh, my uh, my first exposure to uh, this, this kind of like a, a rock orchestra fusion, uh, also from uh, Michael Kamen, uh, at the uh, um, MTV 10, the, uh, the, the 10th anniversary mm. of MTV back in 1993, they did a, a special arrangement with uh, Aerosmith where they played uh, Dream On. And, oh, yeah. And that's on the Last Action Hero soundtrack. And it's, I, I remember, you know, uh, you know, 14-year-old Mike, you know, reading, reading X-Men comics and listening to like this specific orchestral arrangement and it uh it, it's something that always just really kind of crystallized so whenever i hear kind of uh instrumentation like that incorporated into rock music i like i said i've always got um a really <laughs> soft spot for it so uh you know uh, speaking only for my personal vanity and fandom i am really excited for the show and uh and what you guys are going to do with it Thanks, man. And I feel, you know, I feel a lot, how you, a lot about how you feel about that uh, Metallica show, you know, and that's like one of the things that I thought about when we were doing this. It's like, you know, went back and watched a little bit of it and, and just kind of put myself in the place of like, what is that going to feel like? Yeah. Um, it's been a big learning experience working with a composer because I have my frame of reference of what I thought the string should sound like. But of course, I'm coming from a guitar player point of view, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like, we could do that or we could do this. And there's a lot of counterpoint and just stuff that I would never think about. I'm like, yep, that's why you're a composer and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so basically I said, he, he goes, what do you want from this? I was like, I want you to make me cry. Is what I said. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, oh yeah, we're going to do that. And I said, I said, I said, we're gonna make the nerds cry. I was like, well, I said the guys are a little easy to cry. Uh, a lot of nerd girls I know are like very tough. They like, impress me. I'm like, he's like, we're gonna make them cry too. Yeah. I'm like, okay, everyone's gonna cry. It's gonna be great, and it's not just because of the spicy Thai food uh, at the triple door is, is my hope. But um, you know, we we get one practice with them, and it's very short, and it's just to basically understand who each other uh, are and, and how we can how we can communicate on stage. So what people will see that night is going to be pretty raw and, and not unrehearsed from either group, mm-hmm. but coming together from the first time. It's going to be a lot of in-the-moment moments, but I know it's going to be great. And so um, I'm very excited about that. And, and a joke I've told a couple times to on, on stage since we've been practicing is, you know, as a band leader, the one who produces 
the arrangements of the songs and, and facilitates all the recordings and everything. I, I have this level of wanting to know how things will turn out, right? Like a level of control is yeah. wanting to be achieved with this. And so I said, well, I know we're, we're counting. You guys count. And it's not like rock and roll. If people, aren't, if people don't know about orchestra stuff or, or, or rock production, rock guys and rock girls can basically figure stuff out on the fly. Or if we mess up a chorus, someone just puts up their hand and we go back to the chorus, right? Mm-hmm. We all have kind of signals. But, but in this situation, there's no safety net. There's like, if you get off, you're screwed, basically. And, and just ride whatever's happening until the bitter end, until the wheels fall off. Um, but like I said, everyone's putting in a lot of practice time. And, and I said, so how do we make sure that doesn't happen? You know? And he looked at me uh, in a very nice way and explained to me that they are all very professional and we are rock guys. And he said, I think you should just worry about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, yes, that's probably true. All right. Thank you. I love that. They're going to be, they're going to be fine. (laughs) I love that. Just, just worry about yourself. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, he's like, these are, these are people that went to school for many years. You played in a garage in North Seattle for what? 20 years. Okay. No, worry about yourself. Yeah. Oh man. But I mean, but, but there's something like, you know, super punk rock about this. Cause you know, like, like you said, there, there's going to be, there's going to be a certain rawness. I, I, um, I, I think it's uh, really cool and adventurous that you know, with with a uh, uh, less rehearsal and you know, not having it super super tight. Um, there, there's you know, there, there's like an element of danger to it. Like you know, what, what's gonna happen? What's really gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, and it's and and it's something where people say, you know, if I, if I heard no rehearsal it doesn't mean like no one cares it's just like oh, everyone right. rehearses on their own with with an orchestra and then we meet up and be like okay it's a first date let's get married here we go like that's that's the level of danger so that's that's what i'm excited about i think the more we do this the more that is what personally does it for me it's like how bad can this mess up pretty bad okay let's do it because the payoff is going to be even that much cooler well, and that for me at least kind of kind of feels like where Kirby Crackle has been evolving towards over uh, the last several years. You know, it's like you've you've gotten really experimental with uh, with some of your songs, like you know, like the like the the Black Panther song. Uh, you know, your your acoustic album. You know, uh, um, you know, Suburban Hearts and Vigilante Hymns. So yeah. you know, it's uh, it, to me that this this feels very on brand for uh, uh, for what you've been doing over the over the last couple years it's it's very exciting congratulations thanks man i really I, I hope it comes off like that it feels like that for me it feels like you know for i think a lot of bands are like what what is your brand and i feel with kirby crackle the brand has just always been what do i want to do you know yeah. and it's, it's, I mean, it's been it's been thematically uh majority based uh with nerd themes and you know comic books video games positivity and that's also changed over the years mm-hmm. uh as geek culture has changed and i think you know it's been it's been what almost five years since mutate baby my last hard hard power pop nerd rock album came out of course yeah. we had suburban hymns um two years ago but i think these big moments that we've been trying to do with with uh with live production and, and mixing things up have been the in place of the big albums until i really feel connected to what the next statement I want to make is so the wheels are always moving, um, even though it's not always a, a new full album. Mm-hmm. 
the energy is put into that place instead, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. And, and you know, we, we've talked um, at, at greater length about, you know, kind of like the, the single model versus the EP model versus the full album uh, model. And I... I like where you're positioning yourself in the space because uh, Kirby Crackle stays top of mind for uh, for fans without having to wait for that full length that you know will will very quickly consume and digest and be excited for the next thing. And I just I I I like the energy and i like the as as we said the 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 direction that it's going kind of more i i feel that that kirby crackles music anymore is more about positivity and empowerment than it is uh as a as a term you've coined uh reference salad yeah and and reference salad i mean i agree reference salad i have no interest in anymore does that mean i don't like the songs from our early days no not at all and i play them all the time but i've like done that if that makes sense yeah and so i I think as an artist i think every artist feels like this is like do you want to recreate what you knew what you know works or did work and still works hopefully going forward as a piece of art trapped in time Mm -hmm. but then add to that because i don't want to do the same thing over and over again um but as an artist I, i would be a liar if i said i didn't feel the pull to do that because you know a plus B equals C, and the C being what people want. Maybe people want E and F as well, but they don't know that yet. Yeah. And maybe I don't know that yet. So let's experiment together and see kind of what sticks. Because mm-hmm. we can always go back to A plus B equals C. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not alone. I mean, because I, you know, I'm I, I'm acquainted with uh, you know several other longtime crackleheads, and that's that's kind of the you know the pulse, the vibe, the the kind of uh, uh, feel on the street. And you know, I mean, we're here with you, dude. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, so to kind of cap off the uh, the show at the Triple Door again, that is going to be Thursday, January thirtieth. Uh, Kirby Crackle and the Nerd Rock Orchestra will be performing with Lofts at the iconic Triple Door Theater. Show starts at six thirty. Looks like doors are at six, and I believe that's when uh, dinner service will be available as well. And that's a that's that's another thing we haven't uh, uh, really talked about. You know, uh, you know the the Triple Door Theater in downtown Seattle it's it's a real it's a real fancy going out almost old timey type of uh type of theater experience you know it's uh um you've got seats you've got tables and yeah you can you know hang out have yourself a a really great dinner and then uh, enjoy a um a great night of music um so yeah, I um I it's been it's been a hot minute uh since I've been to the Triple Door. I know uh you played a show uh last year, you know, your uh your big um acoustic set. And um yeah. any uh any other um uh further thoughts or observations you want to want to share about the Triple Door as a venue, you know, kind of uh, entice folks to want to be interested in that. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, if you're if you're a parent uh who who has date nights, unfortunately few and far between. Uh, it's a great event to get out to and make an evening of it. I really enjoy modular events. I like it where people can do something, go to the next thing, and then end on a big ramp up, kind of like a set, right? You yeah. kind of want to break those things up, kind of take people on a journey. And I feel like the evening of the Triple Door, not only with Lops and the Kirby Crackle Orchestra presentation, is 
with dinner and drinks and dessert kind of happening and overlapping with the show. I always feel like it makes for a very special night. Um, we're going to have a photo booth there. A lot of people kind of want to take uh, pictures after the show. We're going to have a photo booth set up so we can all take photos together. Uh, Loss is a great Seattle band that moved here from Chicago about mm-hmm. three years ago. Uh, the guitar player for Loss is also the touring guitar player for Alice Merton, if listeners are familiar with her, oh. the No Roots mm-hmm. uh, uh, singer-songwriter um, from Germany, and she's awesome. And uh, Reggie Drake, he's a great guy. You'll see him on his, uh, uh, his jet black Gibson uh, <laughs> Les Paul. Uh, He's the man. And, um, yeah, we're going to be pulling out some songs, some older songs, some songs that we haven't played for a while, too. So it's going to be kind of like the Kirby Crackle fan favorites. Also some stuff where where once people hear it, they'll go, ooh, I haven't heard this for a while, is is the goal. And and how can we take these songs to another level where, for that moment, we all experience this thing for the first time. So we're trying to have this exist on many levels, both entertainment Mm-hmm. but also uh, communal and emotional. Absolutely. And, you know, it, and it, we've talked about it in other uh, spaces, but yeah, it's, you know, it's not just a show. It's, it's an experience. It's a, it's a big yeah. night out and uh, very family friendly, you know, uh, uh, bring the yeah. kiddos, have a, have, have a great meal. And yeah, no, I, I'm really excited. Congratulations. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's gonna be really fun. Thanks, man. All right. So, um, in uh, in the time we've have we've got left, we've uh, we've still got a few minutes before we uh, before we need to jet. Um, let's talk a little bit, if we can, teasing into the future, because uh, there's a you've put out a viral tease that uh, that folks are really excited about. In fact, uh, I, I don't know if you realized how excited folks would be uh, for that uh, for that uh, a quick teaser for Cracklefest 10 coming up on March 13th um, at the at the Hard Rock during Emerald City Comic Con weekend. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it, it just kind of like hit and just really resonated with folks in a big, bad way. Well, it's, it's the 10th year of that, too. It's kind of, it's just, we, we always joke in the band, like, people are going to be so happy when this 10-year stuff is yep. done, right? Because as in, <laughs> as in a perfect world, I'm sorry, in, in a very nerd rock way, yeah. the 10-year anniversary of Kirby Crackle, which is now wrapping up, yep. ends right before Crackle Fest 10. So last year, we almost iPhone X'd it, we called, where we skip iPhone 9. Right? We, just go, we skip Crackle Fest 9, <laughs> we just go to Crackle Fest 10. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's Crackle Fest 10, Crackle Fest X, so what better way to incorporate the X-Men in that? So we mm-hmm. have our official uh, poster coming out in a few days. Um, did a little quick teaser online about that and saw that people dug the whole X-Men tie-in, so that was cool and it made me more excited about uh, the awesome Ryan Fisher art that will be coming out in a couple days. Ooh, I love but, yes, his you stuff. Are coming Ryan is awesome. Yeah. We did something special for this one. Again, just like the composer stuff, I said, well, how about this? And he goes, well, how about this? I'm like, yep, that's why you're the artist. Very good. Uh, and so um, announcing the lineup for the first time here, we have a, a wonderful singer-songwriter uh, who specializes in what she calls mer-pop, oh. uh, mermaid-themed pop, uh, Emily McVicker, Seattle's own Emily McVicker. Uh, using her wonderful looping skills. If you guys are familiar with Ed Sharon's work, his earlier work, she does a lot of that kind of thing. It's really fun. Great personality, fantastic player, such a funny woman. She's great. And selfishly, I am bringing back H2 Awesome from L.A. Nice. uh, Because those are my dudes and a lot of fun. 
I love those guys. They're uh, they are a blast. I, uh, I yeah, they're I, a blast, and and so we're so glad to have you back. You did a great job last year, and you. again, this is the first time I've told this anywhere. This is a Mike Cyber exclusive, mm-hmm. but uh, the Kirby Crackle um, set will be E for Everyone played front to back. Whoa! Okay, now that that's pretty awesome. That it's gonna be ten years in, in February. I'm sorry, March since we released that. So it's going to be Kirby Crackle, E for Everyone, front to back. It's still one of our uh, fan favorite albums. And uh, we did it once a long time ago at a show that was not very well attended in Seattle on a weeknight. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we're going to do this again when everyone's going to be in town. So we're doing that. And, of course, we'll play some other stuff, too. But that's going to be the focus. If that's your favorite record, if you know all the words of that record, come and sing ladder to me. We, we want you to be there. Oh man, and and that's awesome because like um of your jams that have the audience participation parts, this one's got the audience participation parts. So I uh Yes it does. I could not be more uh excited. This is uh that that's gonna be incredible. So that is going to be Crackle Fest X. Are are we calling it X? We calling it ten? What uh what I mean can I can I come up and do some like X gonna give it to you while I while I'm hosting up there? Uh um please, please do all of that. Please do all of that. I'm gonna get you a DMX t shirt and it's gonna be totally awkward and amazing. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I, I assure you I will be doing none of that. <laughs> but be like, there's a prize tonight for every DMX lyric from the debut album that I put into the introduction of the band if you can point it out. It's like a bingo game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something with that. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man! But the show is Crackle Fest Ten. That is going to be Friday, March thirteenth, at the iconic Hard Rock Cafe in downtown Seattle. Just a, a couple short blocks uh, walk from the Washington State Convention Center, home of the Emerald City Comic Con. Um, so yeah, that's a, that, that is going to be a stacked lineup. That is going to be a whole lot of fun. I cannot wait, uh, for these, uh, for these shows and kind of this culmination of 10 years of nerd rock. It's been, uh, it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a lot of a lot and I'm trying to remember <laughs> all of it. I'm trying to write stuff down as I remember like things to talk about the stories that tell. Yeah. I was, I, I think, I think with 10 years, we hit the mark where I just can't off the top of my head list everyone who has played at a Crackle Fest. So it's time to do a, a little better job documenting that and archiving that on my end. But I have all the posters, and, and I keep thinking it would be so cool to put together some kind of you know, digital art book or art book someday from all those great posters that people have done over yeah. the years. Uh, and, then, and then moving forward to where we're going to go all together after that. Oh, you know what? And oh my gosh, I uh, I had this in my notes and I totally forgot about it before uh, before we uh, segued away from uh, the Triple Door show. But I wanted to ask you about the uh, um, that artwork um, because that's uh, much like the show. It's uh, it's very unique and very different for a Kirby Crackle show. Did uh, did you want to talk about the uh, poster art for the uh, Triple Door show? I'd love to. Yeah, that's a Ryan Fisher original as well. Uh, he and I collaborated on that. Uh, you know, I kind of wanted something that was very Seattle, both the good parts of Seattle and the parts that need improvement, just kind of the state of the union of yeah. at least how I and, and, and my inner circle of friends and, and, and friends just talk about it and the city that we love. And so there's, you know, the Space Needle and the Bigfoot, and also there's, you know, the uh, Amazon drones, as he called them, mm-hmm. uh, and there's some tents, 
and, and I forget the terminology for that kind of work, but it's it's 1930s throwbacks, early yeah. Disney stuff, uh, where where inanimate objects would would have a personality mm-hmm. and have a and have a face just in the background of print art, even if they weren't talking in an animated feature, you could kind of tell who these things were. So um, it, I forget the name. It's a lot like Cuphead, the Xbox game. If people are familiar yeah. with that, it's that kind of style. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So, it was- yeah. I think. I think it's, it's a commentary, and, and again, like I, it kind of hit a little harder than I thought it was going to, but I, I really liked that it did because it showed the, the energy we were trying to go with was, was coming from a good place, and, and we'll have that print for sale at the show as well, exclusively there. Excellent. Very cool. And yeah, I, uh, yeah, I wanted to make sure that I, uh, we talked about that before, uh, uh, before we got out of here because yeah, it is, it is an affecting piece, uh, for sure. And, and again, not, not, uh, it's not entirely off brand for what, uh, what Kirby Crackle has been doing also, you know, in, in terms of like, uh, social commentary and, and kind of the state of the world. So I think, I think it's, uh, it, it's incredibly appropriate and, and prescient and timely. Glad you like it, man. Thank you. Cool. All right. So, um, uh, something we haven't talked about uh, recently is um, let's uh, let's talk about your Patreon for a few because I have a uh, I, I have I have a uh, um, I don't know I think a little more insight into the world of Patreon than I did when we've uh, when we've chatted in the past. Uh, you know, being a uh, podcaster, a lot of my friends and network folks are podcasters as well, and that mm-hmm. that scene has kind of blown up on Patreon quite a bit with regards to um, exclusive content and access. And I and I remember um, uh, something that MC Lars said on on his podcast uh, when he had you on uh, back in September, I think it was um, basically that, you know, he kind of modeled his Patreon off of yours. And it seems like that I, I feel that that I kind of see and feel that that influence even kind of reverberating and even some some of the spaces that I occupy. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's just kind of inclined me to um, look at it from a different perspective because, well, quite frankly, I've uh, uh, prior to my starting to move, I had a, had a little more jingle in my jeans. I've been kind of trying to support some of my uh, uh, friends and fam out there uh, through Patreon. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's a, a really cool way to connect with fans. And yeah, I just thought, uh, thought we would jump on that for, for a couple minutes. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So, um, it was complete, excuse me, completed five years of Patreon, and that was in uh, in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just five years of covers, eight bit versions of Kirby Crackle songs, acoustic version of Kirby Crackle songs, uh, alternate versions, live stuff like when we'll play at Microsoft or play at D twenty three, and recording that and getting that out to fans, and just kind of like a musical diary month to month. Mm-hmm. I. I you know, it's it's kind of like my version of what you do. I think it's like my version of a podcast where people can yeah. tune in and kind of see where my head is at right then. Uh, you know, of course, like with all subscription services, we've had people leave, we've had people come. There's been ebbs and flows and and, and patronage, um, but there's been a core group of people that have been there from the very beginning, and and I think that tells me that we're getting something out of it. So that's great. You know, there's feedback. Uh, Patreon's a little different in. And the fact that it's not like a Facebook group, I don't think where everyone's talking and getting feedback all the time, but the feedback that I do get is like, keep it coming. Yeah. So I keep it coming and, and about every, you know, we're due for another one every three years or so I, I put out kind of a best of uh, the fan club 
for people who, who want to see what it's like. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the deal I have with, with patrons. It's like, you know, it's exclusive for four months. And what I choose to do with it after that is, is, is our mutually agreed upon mm-hmm. situation. Um, but usually a lot of stuff doesn't make it out because I, I still want to keep it simple and exclusive and, yeah. and make people feel like they're part of a, a club, which they are. Awesome. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot of acoustic stuff. It's a lot of like super personal stuff and, and some really weird stuff also. <laughs> a lot, a lot of songs some about really yogurt. Yeah. Well, we have like one song about yogurt, right? Is there two? Is there one? I, I think, I think it's just the one, but it's, it's just kind of like one of those oh. weird perception is reality type of things. <laughs> It, feel, it feels like two, but it's yes. exactly. it feels like, why is the song still going? Yeah. It should be done. No, oh, yeah, it's, it's, called, it's, uh, it's, it's called Fruit at the Bottom. That's right. <laughs> and it's, I, want to, I want to make like a Keith Sweat tris, twisted yogurt song. Uh, and that really is like my joy, I think. Yeah. Songs like that are really what I hope at the end of the day I'm going for. Like a, what the hell is this? Uh, this shouldn't exist. It's like a... It's like a lung with eyes and a mustache that's just going, kill me, kill me. <laughs> like, only fire will work. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, why does this exist? I'm not supposed to be made. Right. <laughs> um, and then, and then, like, you know, a song about Skippy Peanut Butter Bites, um, which is a fun one, mm-hmm. which I thought was just going to kind of be a ha-ha, but people say that's, like, one of your best songs you've done. <laughs> so, it's really well written. Know. I love it. Yep. <laughs> it's- you know, well, it, and actually, I'm performing a comedy set uh, this this is going to happen before this is out. Mm. Uh, but I'm performing a comedy set uh, in the Royal Room in Columbia City, and I'm going to do some kind of Andy Kaufman-esque stuff this time where I'm not really going to do a, 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 a spoken jokes, mm-hmm. but I'm going to um, set a bunch of Skippy peanut butter cup tubs out on every table. And before I play the song, we're going to open them up and we're going to try them together. And then I'm going to play the song just so we're all on the same page. Oh my gosh, that's that's amazing! And uh, which my wife says that sounds creepy as hell, Kyle. And I go, hey, I'm not going to like open them up beforehand. They're not like a little Ziploc, right? Like these are. <laughs> She's like, that's not what I'm talking about. I don't understand. And I'm and I'm just going to do it because because as we said many times in the show, Mike yes. Yolo. Okay. Quite so. Quite so. And yeah. and and on that, how's uh how's your comedy been going? Is that is that been kind of trucking along and evolving? Yeah, man. It's uh. Thanks for asking. The comedy thing for me exists in a space of no personal pressure. I do that enough with music, <laughs> with yeah. stuff like that, and, and caring about the outcome of things. With comedy, I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> and my when my buddies want to do a show, I'll do it. But I I enjoy doing. Um, social commentary there that I don't get to do with music. And, and it's funny. It's like my parents say to me, you know, when I started doing this. They, I said, it seems weird for me to do. And they go, no, you've just been an entertainer your whole life. It seems mm-hmm. normal. I don't really think of myself as an entertainer. I think of myself as someone who just kind of comments on things going on. Um, but I think with the comedy thing, I'm like, okay, this is entertaining. And I think I've tried to embrace that a little bit more and seeing what I can get away with. Basically, my stand-up is like, what can I get away with? Ah, I like um, it. So that's where that exists. That's where it exists for me. Well, and that's kind of what stand-up is, too, right? You know, I mean, just kind of like pushing boundaries, pushing the envelope, uh, YOLO, if you will. <laughs> yes, YOLO, if you will, big capital Y-O-L-O. 
<laughs> I love it. I, uh, I I don't think that that forty year old men should be talking about YOLO. Not not to be super gatekeeper yeah. guy, but it is it is a weird look at times. Um, and uh, here and, we are. And, and uh, speaking of, that's kind of what I wanted to close out with because, like, we um, the last time we spoke again, which was over a year ago, um, I I think. Uh, you were still several months away from that, uh, from that landmark birthday. And now here we are, you've, uh, you have turned like, uh, like so much sour milk. Um, how's, uh, how's, how's life post 40? I just kind of falling apart, Mike, you know, uh, no. (laughs) Yes, I I do know. I I had a, you do know, you know, just, uh. (laughs) Just basically, it's like uh, God, Alanis Morissette has just flipped a switch and everything's just falling off the rails. No, um, I, I'll put it in a metaphor like this. Uh, I got a one-wheel last year, if you're familiar with those. Yeah. Uh, They're the electric skateboard, you know, not, not like a Segway, uh, but, or not like a boosted board, but like the one-wheel and you lean forward and it goes and you lean back and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so that was my um, 40 crisis purchase of last year. And I just basically was part of my little girl's scooter gang at the end of the cul-de-sac, a bunch of four to seven-year-olds, and then me. And I even got, I mean, made sure mine had pink inlay on the side so I, I fit in. I love that. Um, so, uh, so this is the story, and we'll end here, you know, as we shouldn't say, YOLO, and, uh, and just do it and, live, say, and just live your life. So I went out there, and I crashed so bad <laughs> before my party, and I limped back to my house with blood running up my arm and my jacket all tore up and then got dressed in bandages and went to my 40th party. So that's, that's how 40's going, and I'd say pretty good. I love it. I love it. And I, I gently tease about the yellow stuff. You know, we're, we're all about yeah, that. Oh, I know. We're all about that yellow swag. Oh, I, it, I, should, I should never say it, but, you know, how am I going to sell merchandise if I don't, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you, you still got a, a couple bites at that My Name's Not Kirby uh, uh, t-shirt idea that you could throw out there, too. It's coming. Very cool. It's coming. All right. Uh, Kyle Stevens, this has been a blast. There is never enough time for us to hang out. Uh, but um, but before we part ways for now, could you remind folks uh, where we can connect with you on the Internet, uh, find all of that Kirby Crackle music, and how we can get in touch with you out on the social medias? Yes, uh, KirbyCrackleMusic.com on Instagram at Kyle Stevens Music. If you search hashtag NerdRock, I'll probably pop up in the first 10 little threads right there. Um, YouTube at Kirby Crackle Music. And uh going to make my way to the TikToks, but still trying to figure out what that looks like. Oh, my uh, gosh. It's the a, it's a Wild West out there, but, but we can't die yet, you know. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Boomer, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I, you know, folks will ask me sometimes. It's like, hey, do you do you use TikTok? And I'm like, no, because I'm an adult. <laughs> but but uh, different strokes for different. But you're different a fun folks. adult. Exactly. But you're a yes. fun adult. I try. You'd be great at it. I try. <laughs> I, I might have to try out a one wheel. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> hey, come die on mine. It's trying to kill you. Don't get me wrong. It is trying to kill you. But it's can you kill it first? <laughs> 
love that. And uh, and with that, uh, a reminder that on uh, Thursday, January 30th, uh, hopefully Kyle Stevens will live long enough uh, for you to see uh, Kirby Crackle and the Nerd Rock Orchestra with Lofts at the Triple Door. Show starts at 7.30. Uh, seating starts at 6. And then uh, later, uh, Friday, March 13th, during Emerald City Comic Con weekend, it's Crackle Fest 10, uh, celebrating, uh, kind of capping off the last gas of the celebration of 10 years of Nerd Rock that is going to be at the Hard Rock Cafe. And we're, uh, we are super excited for that. And um, Kyle, it's always a pleasure. Any, uh, any uh, parting thoughts before, uh, uh, before we go our separate ways? You know, all I can say is wear your helmet, Mike. I got to come out, I got to come in with the dad life here and just say wear your helmet. That is You know what? That is a lifestyle decision that I can embrace fully. <laughs> <laughs> And again, don't miss Kirby Crackle and the Nerd Rock Orchestra with Lofts playing at the Triple Door in Seattle. That is going to be Thursday, January 30th. Tickets are available now, $20 in advance, $25 the day of show. Uh, So uh, uh, save a buck or two by getting those tickets in advance. Also, I want to give you a heads up that it is assigned seating. And the way the Triple Door is set up is that it is uh, divided up into tables. So um, a lot of the tables are uh, perfect for pairs or there's also uh, booths for larger groups as well Uh, but you probably want to jump on that sooner rather than later Uh, the show is at 7 30 dinner service starts at 6 more info at kirbycracklemusic.com and I will be right back to close out the show but right now check out last fall's single from Kirby Crackle it's a banger called Snake in the Garden turn this one up I hear them coming, I hear them running Everybody's trying to find a little something I see the anger over a mountain Everybody's trying to feel a little nothing Everybody's trying to find a snake in the garden Everybody's wondering if they're high Everybody's trying to find a face to believe in Everybody's wondering if they're right But it's a long way Talking, everybody's trying to find out where they're walking. But a straight line never happens. Just a fairy tale that all of us are trapped in. Everybody's trying to find a snake in the garden. Everybody's ready for a fight. Everybody's looking for a heart to believe in. Staring in the mirror late at night. But it's a long way down when there's no bottom. There's a feeling in the air as cool as the skin. Sure 
And that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Tell us what you like and what I could do better. Uh, Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders. For Mike Seibert Radio, my name is Mike. And until next time, make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.